I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Stalking Time for the Moon Boys with me, David Badil, and... Me, Tim Hinks. Thank you, Tim. Now, uh... I wasn't ready for that. But. Sorry, it sounded, I thought, quite real, though, your non-readiness. So yeah, let's okay. Not, let's not re-record Don't it. overanalyze it. Yeah. But um, last week's podcast uh, was recorded before uh, England went out of the World Cup and had quite a lot in it about football. And I'm worried that people will have been listening to it thinking, oh, we're not interested in this now, moon boy. Stop talking about this and football. We've, mm. we've passed that now. It was, mm. you know, it was over. Mm. So rather depressingly, we're still going to talk about it for a little bit, just and to this, get off our chest. And I think this will be out quite a long time after Yes, exactly. Football, that's what so, I'm saying. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's, you know, it might be the Euros by the time we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're actually out. Aren't we doing well, though? Yeah, great. It's coming home. But uh, <laughs> what I thought we could talk about uh, since just briefly... It's not really about football anyway, uh, is we're both a bit depressed this morning because we are recording this the day after England went out of the World Cup uh, to Croatia. And let's not talk too much about that. Let's talk about how David Bowie can help us here. Mm. Because music helps often with uh, when one is in moments of despair mm. and disappointment because music, quite a lot of songs are quite uplifting, aren't they? Yeah, and I think there are whole um, Instagram accounts. I follow lots of David Bowie Instagram accounts, and there's whole sort of uh, Instagram accounts dedicated to sort of saying, here's what you should listen to today. You know, here's the Bowie song that's doing it for you today. So I think people are using Bowie songs all the time, aren't they? Um, Well, yeah, although I think there's a thing that I wanted to to raise here with that, which is it's a sort of big genre now, isn't it? The sort of like, you know, uh, inspirational song that sort of like does you well in times of crisis. It's a big X Factor type song. Right. You know, do you remember that song Titanium or whatever? Yeah, I do. You know, it's often about like, I've had a lot of stuff chucked at me, but I'm going to rise up and deal with it. You know, it's a big old genre that. Or Fix You by Coldplay. It's a sort of song about how it's going to be okay. You know, and I wonder where that, I often wonder where that started. I sometimes think that Let It Be might be where it started. Yeah, that genre of like, you know, the light in the darkness. That's uh, music is the light in the darkness. Uh, the song that'll get you through the bad times. Yeah, Bridge yeah. over troubled water. I say because Let It Be, I think, was written in, in as, uh, as a sort of response to Bridge over the troubled water. Oh, was it? Well, I think McCartney because they were so clever. The Beatles, if you know that, that's they how I describe clever. them. They were, they were clever. clever that they would hear things, you know, and 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 say, "Oh, we'll we'll do a bit of that sort of yeah. sort of thing," and then create something all of its own. And I, I, th- I think I'm right in saying that McCartney heard Bridge Over Trouble Water and said, oh, I want to do one of those, a slightly churchy, gospel-y. Yeah. And, and but, but that's interesting because Bridge Over Trouble Water, like Let It Be, is a consoling song. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. A consoling song. But and there must be other examples before then. Of, I, I of, can't think of one off the top of my head. Because often they're boy meets girl, aren't they? Yeah, well, well most songs yeah. until 
Bob yeah. Dylan started writing songs are love songs. Yeah. You know, pop songs are love yeah. songs. Uh, and then they're kind of surreal for a bit. Surreal poetry, especially Bob-influenced mm. stuff. Mm. And then, as I said, there's this genre. So maybe it's gospel-y, maybe. Maybe it's Jesus. Before before pop started doing it, it's yeah. Jesus getting you through. And then, because they are both a bit gospel-y, Bridget yeah, Top Water and Letty B, they, they, lyrically they change mm. it to just, you know, I'll get you through. I think it's religion and drugs, isn't it? And it reminds me of, I don't think I should say the name, but I worked with a famous person once who said that they... Was want... it Rolf Harris? <laughs> it's not Rolf Harris, but you're quite warm. Um, <laughs> That's and, what Rolf said. And they said um, they wanted to go on Question Time. They were wanting to be, to be asked on Question Time. And if they were asked on Question Time, they said, um, they, would, they would sit on the panel, obviously, mm. and then they would wait for their turn, and then a politician would speak, another politician, and then they'd come to this celebrity... And when they said to him, they are, I've narrowed it down a bit, yeah. uh, you know, what do you think about Brexit, whatever, he was going to say, and he'd thought this through, do you know what, enough time of, t- enough of talking, finished talking, he would rip his microphone off and say it's time to start doing things and then leave the studio. That really? was his plan. That was his plan. So, was so it, it was a like, serious plan? Yeah, it was like a sort of publicity stunt, right? Really? Or, or, or to say, talking doesn't get you anywhere, you've got to do it. But what one of the team who we were working on this with this person is, I'm sure you can guess who it is. Um, uh, I can't actually. Okay. Uh, some, um, we, used to, we used to think about that and think what the best thing there would be to do would be get a camera and just follow them. Yeah. And then say, like, okay, what, they do? what exactly <laughs> what you know, are you doing? doing? Yeah. And it would involve, you know, waiting for an Uber, wouldn't it? And it would involve yeah. probably well, getting back Well, first home. it would involve an argument with the producer of Question yes. Time. Yes, that's true. Who would have said, what? well, we paid you all, we it's you, you and, put yeah, you to do yeah, this, yeah. and you said you really yeah. wanted to do it, and yeah. now you just walked off. Yes. And it's, you know, we, we, we record it as live, yeah. so it's too late to get anyone else. You know, this is really awkward. At which point this person might have said, yeah, I'm sorry, actually, yeah, stupid idea. Yeah. And either go back or just be awkward. And then say, I don't really have a view on Brexit or yeah. Unlike Chas and yeah. Dave, yeah. Um, and um, Can I, I might as well tell you my question time story. Mm. I mean, this is all not getting us towards Bowie. I've been on Question Time three times, and I, d- I always mm. say, "Have I told you this story?" No, I don't think I've ever seen you on Question Time. Genuinely, uh, yeah, uh, three well, times. that's because I often walk off it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I uh, was on it three times, and okay. they, they still ask me to do it quite a lot. But I never do it anymore, right? Because of what happened on the third occasion, which oh. was actually worked out quite well mm. on that occasion. Mm. But well, here's what happened. Mm. Um, I was on it. It's a long time ago now. It's about mm. eight or nine years ago, okay. possibly more. Uh, and they don't tell you what the questions are in advance. Yes, okay. they just say, "Oh, here's the kind of areas of news right. interest. It might be this, it might be that." Right. And I, I'm not going to muck up on all of that. Anyway, first question on question time, and I'm still. I've, this is the third time I've done it, but I'm still fairly a newbie. Uh, it's some kind of stuff from some bloke in the audience about infighting at Tory party central office. Right. Literally, I have no idea what, no, what even what the question means. Yes. So, so this person <laughs> asked the question, David Dimbleby says, David Baddiel. God. Right. And I say, I say, I'm so sorry, I have no idea what that question is about. Yeah, good. And trooper that he is, David Dimbleby, not at all phased, hmm. he says, well... Perhaps Frederick Forsyth would like to enlighten you. <laughs> Frederick Forsyth, I should say, was yeah. sitting next to me. Right, right. He didn't just choose him randomly. <laughs> Let me call him. Yeah. Let me call him up. I don't think he's writing down the jackal now. <laughs> It'll be fine. So Frederick Forsyth is sitting next to me. He's, yeah. a, big, he's a big old... Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's you know, he's on those shows, or he used to be anyway. Yeah. So he starts talking. About a minute later, I say, you don't have any idea what this is about either, do you? Wow. And it got a massive laugh. I mean, that, a really huge yeah, laugh. Yeah, great. Because I was right, because he was mm. bloody waffling. He, mm-hmm. did, he chose not to do what I did. Yes. To be honest... 
it would have put him in a difficult position if he'd chosen to do it. If he had said, yeah, I don't know either, David Dimbleby might have started to panic. He's very unflappable, isn't he? But that yeah, might that have been might... a problem. He's... So instead, Frederick yeah. opted to go for the I'll yeah, wing yeah. it, I'll wing it. Wow. And I said, you don't know what this is about either. Got a massive <laughs> laugh. But as it almost during the laugh, I thought, I'm never doing this show again. Wow. Because I can only do, really do this once. I can only really play the... Yeah, I see what you mean. I'm, I'm honest, authentic David Baddiel. Mm. I don't know what this question is mm. about, so I'm just mm. going to say it. Mm. But if I keep doing that, mm. it's going to get like yes. quite shit. I, so, so that's my question. Yeah, no, well, I'd, I'd like to watch They still that. ask me, though. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I think you'd be good on it. But, um, no, I'd say that. Um, I'd say I don't know what this means. I know, but that'd be good to watch somehow. <laughs> yeah. But although I don't watch Question Time because I get quite anxious watching it, for, yeah. partly because of what you say, which is you're sort of slightly worried... Boy George is going to be on it and he's yeah. going to be asked about the customs union and yeah. it's just going to be difficult. But also what I find difficult is even though ultimately politicians are often not deserving of our sympathy, I really find it very hard, that thing, where they try, and it happens on the Stay programme and Reddit, where they try and wrap it up and mm. say, and that's, you know, and ultimately I'm against it because it's unjust, yeah. unfair <laughs> and unlawful yeah. and then nobody claps. There's no applause, yeah. <laughs> and I find I, that, that really hard. That is always hard. awful, the no applause moment. Is really When awful. they've rhetorically headed yes. for the applause, it's, that is awful. And you find that in interviews where, where they might even not even do the rule of three. They yeah. might just say, and that's why I'm very clear <laughs> and I'm very clear about what I'm going to do next. And they say, I've got one other thing to ask you. Think, no, that was, that was, that was her moment. Yeah, the music's all wrong yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's so, true. Well, look, uh, we must get on to what this podcast is about, even though all that was very interesting, right. uh, which is, is there a David Bowie song that can help us in moments of despair? Mm, mm, is there mm. a concerning David Bowie song? Mm. Now, I've chosen one, but I think, like many of them, uh, David Bowie never wrote anything. This is the point I really write. Yeah. Straightforward. And so, right. because I think the consoling message of a song like Fix You by Coldplay is very linear, However good that song is, yeah. it's you know, not a complex message. It's about Gwyneth Paltrow's dad, right? Very, I think, very straightforward. It is possibly. Yeah. I didn't know that, but yeah, I think, I think, more, yeah. I think more straightforwardly, it's just about your sad, let yeah. me sing you a song that will, right. that will help. Yeah. Right? Bowie is sort of doing that, I would mm. say, in this song. Okay. What song do you think it is? Well, I... I it I might don't... not sound like it from the title. Okay. It's a very, very famous David Bowie song. Okay. It's this one. Takes a cigarette. Now you might think rock and roll suicide. Yeah, what's well, I'm about interested that? in that. This yeah. is what's consoling about. Just on with me and you're Let's turn on the Give me your hands. Cause you're Give me your hands. You're not alone. I mean, if that was Coldplay. Yeah. You yeah. would just say, oh, yeah, it's one of those Coldplay no, I mean, sort of lighter in the air songs about how everyone's great yeah. and everyone's not alone yeah. or whatever. But what my point is, it's actually more complicated than that, isn't it? Yeah. Because I think there is something consoling about Rock and Roll Suicide and it is the sort of song at the end of Ziggy Stars that mm. says, even though Ziggy's now screwed up and we're uh, the earth is mm. about to die, you know, let's sing this song about how we're not mm. alone. At the same time, there's something desperate and mm. complicated yeah. and ambiguous about it. Yeah. I think that's really... No, I, I completely buy into that. And I certainly remember as a kid listening to the end of that and but one of the things I remember thinking is I wish that went on longer because mm. um, he's quite as he so often is he's quite sparing with that ending in a way and you sort of want it and I think Coldplay might have gone on for half an hour yes and, or done well, a everything's not lost by Coldplay which is a great song by the way right don't know I, that I, you don't know everything's I don't not think lost so. oh, you must know it I don't well maybe I would know it if you well I could play it so if you ever feel neglected 
It's a great song. Yeah, no, it's I can got, see that. It rhymes lost with lost. He says, oh, okay. uh, yes, uh, yeah. so if you ever feel neglected and you yes. think that all is lost, I'll be counting up my demons saying everything's not lost. Yes. Like, Come on, Chris. No, no, that does seem... I mean, and lost is embossed. I mean, something. Not know. everything has a cost. Everything I mean, has a cost. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. If you're counting up... Yeah, so... Is it too late? It's if, you, if you ever feel neglected and it's all yeah. come at a cost... There you go. I'll be counting up my demons saying everything's not lost. Come on, Chris. Yeah. We did yeah, it in two yeah. seconds. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, just the way he sings it, it carries on. It builds and builds and builds. Yeah. The way Bowie sings, give me your hand, he screams it. You know, yes. there's a real no, sense no, of pain right. and yeah. awfulness behind yes. it, which is disturbing. Yes. It's consoling and yet it's disturbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so many things going on. Anyway, uh, do you uh, have a consoling Yeah, song? I do. So first of all, I think that's a really good choice. Um, Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. First of all, it's not a Bowie song. It's just it's something we've played before, but this will never, ever, ever cease to just not make me feel brilliant and make me laugh and okay. make me feel good. So this will always console me. Okay. And do you have a consoling Bowie song? Yes, and I'm coming oh. on to it. But okay. here's, what will, here's what will do the trick for me. Thank you for goodbye and all the boys in the band, David, everybody, all the cats, you know they are. This is a new song. Brilliant. <laughs> so that, that always that, that, that is very consoling. Because, uh, Bowie is there when he says it. Bowie's so, there. So it's not, not a Bowie um, moment. And I think that um, although we know Mark doesn't have the layers that Bowie has, mm. I think the one layer I would he say... He did in his hair. Yeah, he definitely did in his hair. Is, is the one, one layer I think that there is there is that although we find it ridiculous that he says all the cats, yeah. I do want to be one of those cats. Um, can I just tell you that on Reddit... I found right. a site, Reddit, the website. Uh, I found a, a thing about uh, consoling or upbeat Bowie songs. Okay. So if I have an idea for this show, I tend to do something which 
to be honest with you, is not that clever or original. Mm. I, I Google that okay. subject and see and see what else has That's been said about it. So I Googled Bowie uplifting songs. Mm. And I found that on Reddit, there'd been a conversation about this, went on for quite a long time. And so quite a lot of the obvious songs were right. there. I'm but someone yeah, yeah. was very convinced that the most uplifting Bowie song was New Career in a New Town wow. from Lower. What I really loved about that was I thought to myself, you've only really thought about the title, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, no. Because I mean, that's quite a weird instrumental from Yeah, Lowe. although it's very, I mean, we can very pleasing about it. No, yeah. I think that was a man who thought, well, a New Career in a New Town, that's an uplifting yeah, yeah. thing that would arguably make... it's a dual challenge you don't want to take both of those things on yeah but I think the sense with just if you just take the words it gives a sense of like new start perhaps yeah. you're moving to Milton Keynes everything, I would say every, everything's good you know I'm, I'm looking forward to this maybe thing. I'm not so risk taking as that person but I would say a new career in the same town would be exciting or the existing career in a new town would be good. Yeah, but, but I think both. Yeah, I think you're missing the point, you see. Because <laughs> you think? I think the point is it might just be the repetition of the word right, new, right. which made that okay. bloke think this is right. an upbeat song. If you actually okay. listen to it, this is it. It's not what I would turn to in my moments of despair. No, but it's got a nice, when it gets going, it's got a nice feeling. It's like you're in a film, you're driving, you've got no cares. There's something quite liberating about this song. It's really? Got, yeah, once it gets going... It's got no lyrics. It's got no lyrics, no, yeah, but definitely. I, aren't lyrics quite important for your consoling I song? I see what you're saying. Well, I don't know, the works of Bach and Mozart... Yeah, I'm never consoled by those. No, but I'm sure things. lots of people are. Or say yeah, they I suppose are. they are. They're so lying, they. aren't they? Yeah, who the fuck is? Yeah. Who the fuck, at moments of despair, thinks I'll put on Marla? That'll cheer I, me I, up. Well, now you're getting it. I don't know, but... Well, I don't know. Or, what any, you mean, or Marla, any of that stuff. Mark just chose Marla because he's like the go-to, slightly more difficult classical composer. I was I was having a slightly stressful day a few weeks back, and I thought, and I actually put on some bark right on my Spotify to make you feel worse. Uh, to, just because I thought it might just be a different headspace. It's quite nice for that. Um, right. Yes. Yeah, no. I can, it can of, make you feel calmer. Mm, right. Do you actually need dragging up from the dumps? Yes. I think I can't imagine putting on yeah, classical music. Yeah, Apart yeah. from because I think you do. And obviously, there are classical songs, but they yeah. tend to be terrible. Um, like you do need words, I think, yes. to, to help a bit yes. with that situation. No, I, I, I accept that. Uh, what um, else is on that list? I don't know. That's the only one I know. Oh, right. uh, <laughs> Just uh, sorry, one one other thing while we're on that, we yeah. can cut this. Bit. You might, I suppose, that we don't need to play it, but something like the laughing, you know, comedy. Bowie yes. doing comedy mm. could be helpful. Would a laughing no make you feel? You know, I don't know if comedy can be helpful. Although I find that comedy is helpful more as a kind of in a sort of dismissive of the pain way. Than right. Actually. So, for example, <laughs> this is a strange example, but Lee Mack, the comedian, yeah. uh, emailed me yesterday uh, a very nice thing in general about mm. how he loved the song and he was really looking forward to the game mm. and just a generally mm. nice email. Oh, but then nice. oh. he said, he said, oh, but if we lose. Uh, you will be like my younger brother who once for Christmas told me I was getting a Skeletrix and I got a Womble. In fact, I think he said a fucking Womble. Um, <laughs> meaning you've raised right. my hopes right. with your song and if we lose, right. it'll be all your fault. Right. So I emailed him this morning a picture of a Womble yep. called Uncle Bulgaria. Good. And I said, uh, it's not actually, what this actually is, is a photo of my Orthodox Jewish uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that went very well. Uh, he said he liked the joke, although he said he couldn't have done it himself, which I think, probably not. Um, uh, but I can't see which context he would have found himself doing that joke. No, I think. But my point more. is that although that might help with the pain, mm. which we were both mm. feeling, mm. I think really it's a way of dismissing the pain, isn't it? A way of just sort of like joking about it. Yeah, I, well, I, well, you've done more. I mean, yes, a song with lyrics that sort of help pull you out of the mire. You're right. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, I say all this. My whole stand-up show is sort of about how comedy is the way through, the way yes. of processing 
death and dementia and all that kind of stuff. So I don't yeah. know why I said that. Uh, I mainly just wanted to tell the Womble story. Yes, it's a good story. Um, so, so since this podcast has been going, uh, and its enormous online audience has built up, although it's still not enough for us to actually earn any money from it, uh, a number of Twitter people have uh, sent in queries to at STFMBS, and I'm going to try some of them now. Mm. James Redding uh, says, what's a fitting Bowie song for a wedding? Currently have absolute beginners in mind. God, when did he write this? I hope he hadn't... Cause he wrote that on June the 18th. OK, it's probably hopefully still time, because it sounds like he's actually having... I don't know if he's actually having a wedding. Well, he says currently have it in mind, as if I... Oh, yeah. You know, it just feels Maybe. quite a dynamic situation. Absolute beginners is... James. Is that a joke? Uh, no, I think because it's a beautiful. Well, funny now. I'm almost going back on what we're saying. That's a fairly unequivocal. Unequ- I'm not. I mean, it's fairly clearly is the word I'm going to use. Mm. Song upbeat mm. about new love. Are there many layers to that song? It's just it's a very beautiful, life affirming song. I, I don't know the lyrics of Absolute Beginners well enough. Uh, we are absolute beginners. Well, he just says absolutely a lot. I absolutely good. love you. Absolutely there's, love there's, you. A, there's always that Bowie thing. He says at one point he says I, I'm absolutely sane, as if lo- right. no one brought your mental health into this, <laughs> but you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's always something, there's isn't some there? But it's, it's climb every that, mountain. David. It's just very. It's like a fifties. In fact, was for that film. Yeah, but is it slightly very... ironic? I don't. Th- I the, never well, thought it was <laughs> because in my mind I have from the film and the video of him on the big typewriter. There's something right. slightly ironic and over. I'm almost thinking that coloured. might be. I mean, I'm almost thinking that is the song that would give us. That's a great, it's a lovely positive song. It is a lovely positive um, song. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, it's good so, do we have any other ideas? Uh, I think that's what he's asking us. He, to be honest, James has come up he's with got that. Yeah, yeah. He's come to us well, as the Bowie Bank. I think I to would, think of some I other would totally go for a new career in a new town. Yeah, that would be um, perfect. For, I think Sorrow that would be good. be quite a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorrow um, could be good. There was a thing that I heard this morning, which mm. is even a fool learns to love. And I it don't is know quite that. a good Oh, that's an old, that's an old. Sorry, even a fool learns to love, right? Is that a Bowie song? Is it? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Okay. It's, um, but the thing is, it's a really weird song. I heard this mo- this right. morning. Time, a happy time. I took my Is even a even a fool learns to love? Is it my way? Yes. When he gets the rights or tries to get the rights for it, that's the song he wants to record over it. So is that a doesn't... French song that becomes my way? Yeah. Doesn't get the. He gets the right that the the music for my way, which is a French song. But is, the French is song is grabs. not called. Do no. you speak French? Uh, oui, un peu. What is the word? What is my way in French? Mon way. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's totally it. Yeah, yeah. Mon it's direction. My no. mon direction. Mon. That sounds like mon direction. Mon route, mon route. you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I think it should be mon direction. It sounds, it sounds very like that boy band. Anyway, my point is. That was not what it was called then in no. French. The French song was never called My I Way. I think this is his. Ver- this is him writing lyrics to that music, which he never got the rights for, and then he's and then he thought, sod it, I'm going to do. I can't believe I said sod it. That's quite seventies, isn't it? Mm. Sod it. I'm going to write um, Life on the, Mars. Life on Mars. Um, but of course, we're missing the point here, mm. which is there's an obvious song. I mean, it's really obvious. Play your play. Be My Wife, obviously. Be My Wife is now, so obvious. Uh, I can't believe he was there in plain sight. That is the song for a wedding. It's also perfect because he's got Although that. it has to be played by the groom, as That's what were, I mean. That's why To the bride. It doesn't, it doesn't... It slightly no. makes her the object and him the subject or whatever that is. Yes, you're right. Do you know well, what I mean? Maybe, is it sexist? Yes. No, there's so something in that. It suggests the groom is driving the... Yes. 
Does it wedding. help that he does it in a ridiculous Cockney accent? Will that take the pressure off the, no. the sexism? Okay. No, I still think that's pretty good, though. But that's not bad for a that's, wedding. That's song. pretty good. Um, Just moving on. Matt Weber says, you've done the talking intros, intros for Diamond Dogs and Glass Spider, but I would love to hear your thoughts on 130 on the latter. Yeah. Uh, Matt Weber refers to something that Tim brought up a little while ago, which is, we often talk about future legend on this show. More than future legends ever been talked about anywhere else, <laughs> uh, which, of course, is the spoken word intro to Diamond Dogs that we both love. Um, and Tim has brought up various different not-as-good versions that Bowie did over the course of his career. One of them is the intro to The Glass Spider, uh, which is, is that an actual track, Glass Spider, yeah. or was it yeah, just yeah, from the yeah. live show? Uh, no, it's a track. What's it on? Uh, it's on... Oh, it's on Never Let Me Down, is it? Is it? Or... Okay. Yes, we need to check. But anyway, uh, we talked about uh, about that not being as good in many ways as Future Legend. Uh, and then Matt Weber says he wants to know what at one thirty it goes, oh... Is that just an afterthought, or is it a Columbo one more thing? I, yeah, so it is on, sorry, it is on Never Let Me Down. He also and, says you've got to love the way he says alter at one. Okay, well, this is, this is, this is sort of stuff so this we is love. a man who really so wants we to We love this guy. It. So he's saying, one thirty. he goes, oh, yes, I think I remember this. But the glass spider would have long gone, having known that the babies would survive somehow on their own. Oh. <laughs> No, it's a good point. Is he saying? A good point. Is he saying, "Oh, glass spider, how I think of you," or is he saying, "Oh, hang on a minute, glass spider," or is it? Le- he's sort of saying, "I've got a number of things to tell you about the glass spider." Here they are. Oh, I tell you what, I didn't say <laughs> is that having done the babies, the yeah. other thing he does. The other thing you need to know about the glass spider. Yeah. Or is he addressing the glass spider as he said, as Matt Weber suggests in a Columbo-like way, and Bowie's left the room, right. and then he's just oh, gone, "Oh, oh, just one minute, glass spider." Just one more thing about your babies and, and your... Can we just hear it again? Because there's nothing I, a glass spider hates more than a surprise. Yeah. You know, maybe that's what... So here, we'll hear it again. Babies would survive somehow on their own. Oh, <laughs> the glass spider had blue eyes almost like a human. OK, uh, listening to what he says afterwards, yeah. I am pretty certain right. that he is narrating to us stuff about the glass spider. Yes. And the impression is supposed to be, oh, and one more thing about the glass spider, yeah. he had blue eyes like a human. That's yeah, it's sense. a real twist suddenly. Like, oh. uh, and also this yes. about the glass spider. But okay. it, in other words, it's an important. It's very Steve Coogan, isn't it? The delivery it never occurred to me before. It's incredibly partridge. It's very partridge like. But, but, uh, but can, so we just, can we hear the way he says alter? Yeah. Actually, I did hear a flash of that on your way yeah. to playing that, and that also seemed quite funny. Yeah, alter does seem good. Does he give a yeah. time? Code? I, well, yes, what I love about it before it starts, before it starts, can I say something? Which is, yeah. I think he says, you could call it an altar. Right. Now, which is an interesting thing, because it reminds me of something, I, 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 you'll know this, but um, my show is quite a lot, my stand-up show, about my mother's idiosyncrasies. Mm. And particularly, uh, there's one point where I talk a lot about her using inverted commas, where she shouldn't be using inverted commas. Yes, I remember. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so a lot of shows about that, but there's something I don't talk about in the show. I have used it elsewhere in, in my work, but anyway, which is, she would often say, I call it a... About things that everyone right, calls it. Right, a. right, right. So I remember her once saying, I call it a word processor. Right. I think okay. I, no, that's what everyone calls it, Mama. Yes. What are you talking yeah. about? Uh, I call it a papoose. I remember saying yes. once about right. you had a baby. No, everyone called not everyone, but quite a lot no, of people. papoose is quite yeah, well, fringy. No, it's not like yeah. she calls no, it no, a papoose. No, no, you no. Know, uh, I mean, literally, she could mm. be saying to you at the moment, mm. you know, I call it glasses that you're wearing. Right. <laughs> um, and so, so I think Bowie does that because I think he says, you could call it. An altar. I think, like, well, <laughs> everyone it, probably, it probably is an altar. Everyone That's would. what everyone call it. But let's hear it. Well, and also in that context, let's see whether what he's describing is he's, an altar. He's an altar. If, he's describing... yeah, if he says it was furry and had eight think, legs. No, no, that's, that's a squirrel. Spi- that's a squirrel, <laughs> David. Not an altar. So let's I think see. he's spider, actually, but there we go. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> 
<laughs> what with the eight legs thing. At the top of this palace-like place, assembled with almost apparent care, were tiny, shining objects. Glass, beads, dewdrops. One could almost call it an altar. <laughs> yeah. He's suggesting that um, there's almost <laughs> enough information that is enough there to call it an altar, but you not, uh, not that much. Is it an altar? Just, and, but, it, but I think... I, I, it sounds more, you know what it sounds more to me like? You know places in Camden that you look into and you think, oh, that's got quite a lot of tacky jewellery. Right, right. That's what it sounds more like to yeah, me. that's Camden, basically. Yeah. One yeah. could almost call it the opening to Camden Lock. Right, yeah. <laughs> but I think the other thing that... Um, One is... could almost call it an altar. But it, yeah, it's the drop in altar. I absolutely love it. It's amazing, isn't it? I think. Uh, what I Matt, partly think, David, is well you could almost call it an altar, or you could almost call it an altar. Yes, <laughs> there no, are two no. things or, you or, could call it really. Yeah. Or maybe that's what he's saying. Yeah, you could almost call it an altar pronounced this way. <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah. Oh. yeah, where you pause before yeah. you say "t." <laughs> you could do that. Okay, so a bit no, more, bit excellent. more. There's a lot of things here. Yeah, yeah, uh, we've got a worst Bowie song. I talked about this the other week. Oh, yeah, a lot of people disagreed with me, and also because of my inability to actually know that much about the person that I'm supposed to be a massive fan. I am a massive mm. fan of this, but I don't actually know as much as I should know. I suggested that this... Okay, it was Which I'm wor- starting to like, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I'm starting to like it too. Uh, is the worst Barry song of all time. Uh, now, someone has already pointed out to me on Twitter... That is a terrible choice, not least because it's a cover. It's by Michael McDonald. Oh, Yamo B okay. there. Yeah, that's Which, Michael McDonald, isn't it? Yeah. What, what does Yamo B there what mean? What was Yamo B there? Apart from being really fun to sing in the playground. So I still silly. don't know what it means. Is it, I'm is going for... to be there, said in a slightly Caribbean at the time way. Is that the idea? I thought it was a word for God. Yamo? Well, yes, yeah. in Yahweh. Yahweh well, be there. Oh, I see what you mean. No, I don't, well, how I do you spell th- Yamo B there to Google? How do I spell it? No, how uh, does one spell? I, I've written Y A M O O B, but I don't think I that's don't think right. It's double O. That's Yamu. Yeah, there we go. Here is Yamo B there. How do they spell? Find it? me there. If you Google it, you get Yamo tablets and drops for lactose intolerance. Who <laughs> <laughs> would know that? Yamo tablets and drops are a grime band. Oh yeah, Yamo B there, which is actually spelled Y H A. Sorry, Y H Y A H. End of word. New word. M O. Okay. B, one word, just B, there. Yamo B there. Oh, no, you might be right. Hang on. Many people wonder, although it doesn't say that it's correct, if the song meant God will be there. Yeah. As okay. Yah is the shortened form of Yahweh. As in Yah, Yahweh will okay. be there. I don't think right. so. I always just thought it was Michael McDonald trying to be a bit hip. It's a, it's a, it's but anyway, he wrote I Keep Forgetting. So, okay. it's, a, so it's not a good choice a good for choice Barry's either. worst song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone has suggested Too Dizzy. From Never Let Me Down. Shall we have a listen to that? Yeah. Do you know it? I don't know it. No, no, I don't. I don't know it at all. Pretty bad. Although that is bad. I, I mean, bet if we play it like in a couple of weeks' time, we'll start to say I quite like it. I think Never Forget or whatever the one you had. I think that has a catchier. No, it does, um, but it's not. It's not. It's a cover, so it can't. It doesn't really count. Uh, can I, I ask you if you know what this is? Every so often on this podcast, yep. And Tim did it last week, uh, and I think we we often think of this as the high points 
Uh, <laughs> one of us finds a bit of Bowie that we think they won't have heard this. They won't right. know what this is. I'm pretty sure you won't know what this is. I've never heard of it before. Uh, so have a go. Are you about me. to play me Life on Mars? Because no. this would be an awful moment if you yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to buy, buy the woman from ABBA. Uh, no. Oh, I should say, for anyone listening, last week I played uh, Life on Mars by the woman from ABBA. And I played that to try and G up oh, yeah. uh, my guinea pig, Bjorn, who is, of course, Swedish. Uh, unfortunately, as many listeners will know, uh, he wasn't very well and he's now dead. So in case you were uh, hanging on I mean, ten to hooks from last week... Should we say more about that? About his death. Well, only When the, you came round... Well, it was just a, such a weird moment. Yeah, it was a weird moment because uh, we were about to go and watch England-Sweden. So I took it as a good omen eventually mm. that he had died. Mm. Um, but uh, Tim, who hasn't come round to my house before, I don't think, and certainly not, not when wa- you've been in. <laughs> and certainly not to watch football, was coming round to watch football that day. Uh, and I opened the door and I just said, oh, my guinea pig's dead. Yeah, I mean, it was... And, it, and you took it quite well. Well, you're a friend of mine, and I yeah. felt sorry for you, and yeah. obviously, Morwenna was there, and I could see... But it was quite odd being in it, a, in the middle of... Or the beginning, or even the middle of, the beginning of yeah, a family crisis. that was what was odd about it. Because there you, you know? were, and yeah. you, you were just standing there whilst Morwenna, yeah. my wife, yeah. got upset. We had to tell yeah. our son, who's guinea pig it was, he wasn't that bothered. Yeah. Uh, but And then there was quite a long period when we weren't sure he was dead. Yes. Because we once had a hamster. I think you asked me a couple of times yeah. to confirm his death. Well, which I, I, felt I thought you might un- be a vet. Unqualified to do. <laughs> yeah. But it's quite difficult, as people might know, with um, yeah. what they call rodents. Um, Are they? Is it a rodent? Well, yeah. I don't know if it is a rodent. But what yeah. I do know is that we had a hamster who died for, <laughs> for about three hours. We were poking him and saying, well, look, we might bury him, but what if he's hibernating? Yeah. I understand right. that hibernation is quite a deep state of comatoseness. Yes. You know, what if he's hibernating? Actually put him on the arger eventually, and then he started to really smell. And I thought, he's dead. Wow. He's bloody dead. Put him on the arger to see... Because to me, that would make them hibernate even more. No, no, I I think they... No, I think you can warm them up. (laughs) Don't don't, don't try this at home. Uh, If if you're not sure if your rodent is hibernating, I think you can warm them up and uh, and they'll they'll wake up. Because their body temperature drops when they're hibernating. Oh, okay. And they're dead, their body temperature also drops, but that doesn't wake them up, I've found. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, so you you did very well. I thought you coped with it well. Well, you know, I I was trying to be helpful, but at certain times, I don't know if you noticed, I had to slightly back away in the room and let you guys mourn. Mourn and then say, isn't it? time for England Sweden we'd better go (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was a very complicated moment but anyway I'm sorry listeners if you were worried I can't bring you good news Uh, Bjorn is dead Uh, but on on an up note what is this obscure David Bowie truck God, that's. Uh, I mean, I. I mean, you'll be able to sort of guess the sort of period of it. I imagine. Well, I'm thinking it sounds like sort of, to me it sounds sort of late nineties. Yes, that's turn, absolutely yeah, correct. Late nineties is correct. But are you saying it's an existing Bowie song he's mucking around with? Or no? Okay. No. It's a cover. It's not a cover. Okay. It's. It is. I've never heard that. Sorry. It is a David Bowie song because he's credited on the song, and actually the person who the artist who actually right. is responsible because it's a song featuring David Bowie, really, uh, tells the story, which I might play you in a minute, of okay. David Bowie insisting that he be included in the publishing credits. Wow. So who might that be? Any idea? An artist who... Ins- this is a song that features David Bowie's vocals, which happened a few times. Arcade Fire do it. Yeah, yeah, and A few yeah. other people do it. It's, an, it's a 
very 90s artist yeah, yeah. Okay. who got David Bowie in to sing this. Uh, At a point in Matt time... Goss. Perfect. At a point in time where I have to say David Bowie, because the guy who tells the story is very like, I couldn't believe it. You know, David Bowie said yes, but I'm thinking, you know what, in the late 90s, Bowie would have been quite pleased to get a call yeah, from yeah. you. Well, um, it doesn't sound anything like a Morrissey. I was going to say Morrissey as well. No, 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 no. Okay. Well, Think about what I've why said. Why is that so wrong? Because it'll well, help me get well, there. I would say this bloke's almost at the opposite end of the spectrum to Morrissey for all sorts Johnny of reasons. Johnny Marr? <laughs> no. All right, I don't think you're going to get it. It's okay. gold. Oh, gold. Okay, it's right. Goldie, yes, I see what you mean. Okay. Who, uh, you see what I mean by the opposite yeah. end of the spectrum to Morrissey. So he talks about Bowie smoking. 40 a day at this point, he right. thinks, in the late 90s. And then he talks about his own smoking habits. Okay. He says an interesting thing. Hold on. No one smokes in his studio. I'm gagging for a fag. Yeah, I do yoga, but I have one fag a day. I'm not a fucking Dalai Lama. That's an interesting idea, isn't it? <laughs> that having just one fag a day separates you in some way from yeah. the Dalai Lama. Yeah, yeah, no, no. You know, I would have said there's other things about not being the Dalai Lama as opposed to just I, having one I've fag a day. I've got to say, I can't think of any. I think that <laughs> does seem to me the dividing line, yeah. What about not having any cigarettes at all? That would still make you less right, than the Dalai Lama. Right, that's what you mean, yeah. I mean, what is Goldie saying, really, with that? I'm fed up with being mistaken for the Dalai Lama, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, this is why I'm not him. Yeah. I have one fag a day. Yeah, so... He tells a story, which is a kind of very interesting story. I don't know if I should play it all, because I want to get on to something else he says later on. But he tells a story about Bowie singing this song that we've just heard. And he brought Bowie... Bowie did the song. It is actually really good, I think. Um, right. But then Bowie rings him up, apparently, in his car, and says, you're going to put me on the publishing, aren't you? And he says, yes, of course, of course, of course. And he thinks, well, of course I have to, because it's Bowie. But there's a slight element of Bowie's strong arm wow, how interesting. into doing that. And then you know, sort of Goldie, who's very keen to say, I wrote the song... It still says, no, but I understand, you know, he added something to the song or whatever. Anyway, he swears throughout. And then I noticed on the sidebar, there's something about him telling the same story on Lorraine. And Who? I thought, Goldie. Goldie. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Yeah, and I thought, how is Goldie going to tell that story without swearing on Lorraine? <laughs> right. So he tells a number of things. Here's the first thing he says. He's talking about some film. Is this after Bowie's death, by the way? Is this recent? Yeah, it's after yeah, Bowie's yeah, death. Yeah, I was say, so yeah. he talks about the, some film that he did that okay. Bowie helped to fund. I don't know what film that is. No, I don't know what that then is. Then he reveals something about Bowie that I didn't know. Here right. it is. You know, when they fell short on the film, he funded, put his hand in his pockets, we've got to finish this movie. I mean, it was a straight-to-DVD movie. It was a great fun we had. Yeah. And he's sitting in a caravan... Knitting. I'm like, what is... It was crochet, actually. Oh, crochet. Wow. He, he loved to knit. He loved his crochet. He loved his crochet. David Bowie. He's making up stories about Bowie after he's he dead, says isn't that, he? Basically, he's saying that on this film that Bowie clearly came in on... Yeah, I don't know what that ..helped is. to produce with money or whatever. OK. Turned up on set, went to a caravan, crocheted. Crocheted. Yeah. That's extraordinary. Anyway, what I really like about this more than that is he then tells this sort of mantra... But which he mentions in this other version of it, but we're swearing. Right. But it's mainly what happens after he tells the mantra that I want you to listen he's, to. He's a, a genius. And he, he'd always try and get deep on him and talk about something. He said, did you know Michelangelo said, if you blow the dust away, the sculpture's already inside? Ooh. And that always stuck with oh, me. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. I'll always use that stuck with me. and pretend that it was me. I like those shoes, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. They're very high. They really are. Yeah, I put my flatties on as soon as I'm done. <laughs> there we go. Wow, that's the bit that's I like. Incredible. So Bowie said, Goldie said, Bowie said, do you know Michelangelo said, you just blow the dust away from the marble and the sculpture's already there. Yeah. I think that's what... That's, yeah, although I, I have to pause it. I don't really know what... Bowie is saying that Michelangelo said yeah. that it, when you create something of genius that actually it's already there. You're just blowing the dust away oh, and you're just bringing okay. it down, as it were, yes. from the muse or from I the... See. You know, yeah, the, yeah. the artistic inspiration is a question of finding yeah. it, you know. Yes. I think that's what he's saying. Yes. Because, uh, well, to be honest with you, Goldie doesn't make it clear. Because Goldie just says, he said that to me, I'll never forget it. It's yeah. Like, 
Yeah, but did you understand it? Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I... I it didn't, like, oh, you might have understood it. I'm not suggesting that Goldie didn't yeah. understand it. Well, Lorraine Goldie, didn't press him on it. Goldie never quite explains what it might mean. Because uh, well, what happens instead mm. is that he says, I like your shoes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and she well, says, yeah, I can't wait to get this off and put my flatties on. <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps he's, deflect- he's worried that he will be asked a bit more about it. <laughs> Can we just check that again? Exactly what happens here. Let's, listen to how he says the, the important mystical bit and what it goes on to. Did you know Michelangelo said, if you blow the dust away, the sculpture's already inside? Ooh. And that always stuck with oh, me. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. I'll always use that stuck with me. and pretend that it was me. I like those shoes, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. They're very high. They really are. Yeah, they? I put my flatties on as soon as I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I almost like more than I like the shoes. I put my flatties on just as soon as I'm done. It's so Lorraine. Also, they're very high, like as if she's been made to wear them, and well, she's yeah. I don't, you can't see, but they are actually quite, are they very high. Quite well, they're stilettos that she's right, wearing right, for the morning right. show. Right, right. But Lorraine's yeah, no, quite sexy, as we know. But also, I think I, I would really like her. Go on, then use use that and say that it was you that said it, Lorraine, and try and work out <laughs> when, when uh, what scenario will arise that she does that. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Next time she's doing Lorraine, bit, she'll yeah. say, "Can I just ask you something? Do you yeah. think that Michelangelo was right?" <laughs> When she's talking to Nigel. No, she's not even to saying, Nigel Do you Havers. Think I'm right. She's, she wants to claim it's hers. <laughs> Can I ask you something, Nigel Havers? That's who I'm imagining is always on the yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that when you blow the dust away from yeah. some marble, that you're, yeah. the sculpture's already yeah, inside? Yeah, because I do. I do. <laughs> I think that, and Nigel will definitely say those are nice shoes. <laughs> Bowie is the sort of magpie, mm. and you played um, My Way earlier, which is a very obvious example. But here's something that I had no idea existed. This is not Bowie, it's a band who I've never heard of. And I want to see if you can place this music. Sorry, it's going to make sense when I play it. I think it's from the very early 70s. Mm-hmm. It's German. Okay. And it's very familiar. Okay. And it predates an album that's a real favourite of ours. Okay. Low? It's... No. Oh, okay. Just <laughs> well, it does. <laughs> but that's not the album. <laughs> that's not the album you <laughs> that's meant. The album. But don't, okay. don't worry about that. I've thrown it. Right. Just Sorry. have a listen. <laughs> you, 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 yeah. <laughs> Stop whatever that is because it's starting to make me go mad. Uh, is it Kraftwerk? Well, no. So the band are called Noi, N E U. Oh, yeah, Noi, I've heard of, uh, yeah, I've I've heard of them. And yeah. that's called Negative Land. Yeah, he was influenced by them. Very influenced by them. Because they were like a it, German but, noise but, industrial but, but, band, yeah. But you know exactly what it is? No. Okay. What it exactly is, and it may be just worth playing because it's a massive favourite of yours and mine and any Bowie fan. That's Candidate. Yeah. I could hear it. Yeah. It's really interesting, actually. When when was the noise song? So I think it was like 1970 or so, you know, like two or three years earlier. Yeah, but then that suggests something which I hadn't even thought again, like your point, which has been a, a central point, uh, which is how the stuff in Bowie's albums that presages, predicts, foretells other albums. Yes. You wouldn't have thought that there's anything on Diamond Dogs, because you've already said there's stuff on Diamond Dogs in 1984 or whatever that suggests young Americans. But that, of course, suggests... Station to station and low yes. and hero, you know that bit yes. of absolute industrial yes. noise. Yes, which has a direct relationship with Noi and Einstein and Noi Barton and all those other right. bands, uh, and what happened, what he did in Berlin. But that is very similar. I don't it, think you should be disappointed. I think that's kind of brilliant. I, I think it's brilliant. But I suppose there's something about the end of Candidate that feels like it's so about Bowie's madness and mind and. And there's such an atmosphere about the end, and then I I hadn't realised it was such a lift. But of course, yeah, it's it's. But Bowie sort of was not... never completely no, mad, was no, he? He was no. always at some I level controlled, right. even when yeah. he was mad. Yeah. And the magpie thing was all part of that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. One of the most extraordinary things about Bowie is 
he's in my opinion obviously the like the greatest pop yes. artist of all time and one of the greatest artists full yes. stop of all time and yeah i don't know if he was ever entirely original but maybe never no yes. artist is no i know what you mean yeah and um and actually on its own that noy thing is not i mean you, the, in the context of candidate it's just something it lifts it something incredibly yeah. beautiful isn't it yeah um and also bringing that in to a song you know that's that before that is kind of a sort of you know weird rock song yes and then it ends like that it's really interesting yes. you know what you are still i mean i think you know a very important television producer we know this i mean we haven't been able mm. to get you haven't been able to get anything away though. with me in it but good, nonetheless good. <laughs> uh, you are that um and i thought this might be uh, a format i sort of seriously think this after okay. watching it which is what this is I doubt you'll have seen it. It's a thing called Eurythmics Live by Request. Okay. Right, so Eurythmics, that's not the format, by the way. That clearly was a format. The Eurythmics did a show whereby people phoned in and asked them to do songs. Oh. Right. But So this was in like 2000, and, right. yeah, 2000, I think. Right, right. And Bowie phones in. They've clearly organised wow. it and phones in uh, to, to ask for a song, ask for There Might Be an Angel, in fact. Uh, but because it's Bowie and he knows them, they have a long chat. Amazing. And, and what it is, I watched it and I thought, this could be a format of like, there's a celebrity who hosts the show or two yeah. celebrities host the show and other celebrities phone in and they just chat and there's an audience watching and they laugh, they piss themselves. To be honest, not some great jokes. Let me play you, in fact. This is what I really wanted to play you. Amazing. was the jokes that get the really big laugh. So Bowie, who, as we know, did think of himself as, as, as a bit of a wag uh, and was funny, I think, in a, in a way, um, he is sort of trying to top Dave Stewart. Wow. But unfortunately, Dave Stewart gets the biggest laugh with this joke. So there's a running gag here that David is doing, which doesn't get that many laughs. Right. About how he was trying... So I was trying to write a book just now. I was writing it for half, uh, writing it for 10 minutes or something, he says. And then I got bored. I thought I'd phone you up, right? Right. And then Dave Stewart says, well, I was trying to write something. I was writing it for nearly 45 minutes. And he says, well, you're very committed or whatever. Okay, so that's, that's okay. the backing to yeah. the joke. Then yeah. this happens. <laughs> if I get past 10 minutes, I think myself lucky. <laughs> yeah, well, Sting can go a lot longer than that, I've heard. <laughs> it be Huge laugh. Yeah. And I think, although David's laughing yeah. generously, yeah. I think David's thinking, I wanted that. I yes. wanted the applause. Yes. The really big Give laugh. Give me your hands. He's, Give me your hands. He's mm. got there mm. with a sort of sting sex reference. Yes. Tantric right. sex joke. Okay, so then that carries on, though, because David clearly thinks, well, that's the way forward. You could laugh, right? the, but this time thing you keep getting laughs from, so I'll go more. No, into no, it. he thinks, oh, I see. Blue. Go blue. Oh, that, I see. Oh, God, even worse. That's the way of doing it. So this is what happens. So then he asks to speak to um, to Annie, and Annie goes blue. the microphone, but she looks nervous. Hang on. Talking this is in front of an audience. Hello, David. Hello, Annie. How are you? <laughs> well, this is very strange, having such a public telephone call. What are you wearing? He gets, the, he gets <laughs> the round of applause yes. for pretending to be an obscene wow. phone caller to Annie Lennox. He does it quite well. I'll just yeah. if you listen to that again. It's yeah. a good impression of an obscene phone caller. Telephone call. What are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wow. That, she she quite likes it. Yeah, yeah, no, it does it well. I yeah. think one of the things about David's humour is it was quite old bloke's humour. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's, that's quite an old bloke's thing. Yeah. Because I've seen phone calls. I mean, this was, to be fair, 20 years ago. Yes. But, you know, they don't really exist anymore, I don't think. Yes. Not, not now that it's quite hard not to track a phone call. No, exactly. I'll tell you what someone did say. In terms of worst Bowie song, uh, one of his favourite bands, Andy McAfee, He's been on this before, hasn't he, Andy McAfee? I think we've oh, referred to him. Yeah. Andy okay. McAfee's favourite bands are Celtic Frost. 
Okay. You'll know Celtic Frost, of course. Um, uh, not in their current lineup. No. Uh, they're a thrash metal band. Right. Uh, I assume a Scottish thrash metal band. You, yeah. Uh, and they do Heroes. And he says oh, wow. he was really looking forward to it because it was excited to oh, him. Because he, he loves Bowie right. and he loves Celtic right. Frost. Thought this would be brilliant. He says it's one of the worst things he's ever heard. This is it. Let's see. See if he's right. Okay, that is terrible, yes, but bad. it's particularly terrible, and I think we could go out on this, because I think don't think that's a cover of Heroes. I think, and we will definitely be an advert for this, I think this is a, that's a cover of this. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Am I, am I not right about that? Like, let's just hear Celtic Frost again and just listen to the to the riff that they do yeah. for Heroes. I think you're onto something. I tell you, someone needs to mash that up against Ricky doing the that, dance. That would <laughs> exactly. work. Exactly. <laughs> that is very funny. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.